Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. And we are brought to you by Bet Online, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they have a newly updated website. So head on over, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. That's B L E A V. They've got football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you as well. Um, what a weekend in, in NFL football. Uh, just four unbelievable games back to back to back to back. Every single one of them finished on the last play of the game was the deciding play of the game. So um, if you guys caught it, I hope you enjoyed it as much as uh, we did. And if you did not catch it, shame on you. Stop listening to this podcast. Go watch all four of those games <laughs> on NFL Network and then come back and listen to the podcast. Those people exist. I don't. I would assume, especially not in this demographic that's listening to draft dudes. But it's hard to say. You know, you never know. Man, man, I'm sorry if you missed. If I'm, I am truly sorry if you missed that weekend in the any, NFL. Any of it, man. It was yeah. so good. So good. What's up, Shuby? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Whatever we're using to delineate what time of day it is, we're doing the show. Uh, a lot of fun stuff on the show today. Two mock drafts for a mock draft Monday because I'm going to pay off a tease Kyle made on Friday's show about Daniel Jeremiah's mock. I did. I did. And Brian Perez of the Draft Network put up his mock last night. So we have two mocks to go through here and talk about the things that stood out. And so it should be a lot of fun here to start a week. Big, we- big week on Draft Dudes. I don't say that very often. Big week on Draft Dudes this week. So the thing about Brian Perez is he does those YouTube videos for us, right? The mocking the mock where he goes in on our mock drafts and then we have no chance to rebut anything he says. How the turntables. How the the turntables. Tables. Because I say we just go in on this mock draft, everything we hate. And Brian's a good friend. Well, the tough part is, is I got to find somebody to do mock the mock this week because he obviously can't. He's not around. He can't mock his own mock. So maybe one of you guys will pinch in. and Maybe we can uh, Statler and Waldorf it and tag team do it. Sure. (laughs) You have an old old man laugh. Do do you even know who Statler and Waldorf are? No, that's that's what the pause was. I have no idea what you're talking about. Joe, can you help me out here, please? The only reason I know who they are is because I've been in the exact spot that Chris is when you brought this up to me and had to explain it. It's a couple and of guys are. with puppets or something, right? They're the, the two old men. Oh, the two old guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah, the Muppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah, would yeah, okay, be okay. Joe and I with Brian's mock. You need me to do an old man laugh? Yeah. You go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That'll be our lead in for mock the mock, Chris. We'll just play us oh. laughing on a loop. A little laugh reel. 
<laughs> so the top 10 of this mock draft is just offensive tackles and edge rushers, right? Like, <laughs> well, Kyle Hamilton got in there at three, right? Yeah. Thanks for Kyle Hamilton. Appreciate you, you coming here. Got a quarterback here at Tyler Linderbaum and the rest is, is edge rushers and offensive tackles What on earth, Brian. I guess that's what it's where the value of the draft is. So I, yeah. I, don't, I don't, and it's premium positions. So I get why he chose to build it out this way. So that's what's so fascinating to me when you talk about Jacksonville at number one. And we're, we've seen this really be either Thibodeau or, or Hutchinson, but we've now saw things heat up in the conversation of an offensive tackle going in yeah. this spot. And that's that's where Daniel Jeremiah had Jacksonville going. He had them picking uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Earlier in the week, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, he gave – the Jaguars, Ikemi Kwanu. And so it's an interesting conversation because I think, I don't think either of those offensive tackles are the best players in this draft. I think it's one of these edge rushers or maybe Kyle Hamilton, but is the most meaningful thing that the Jaguars can do, pick this offensive tackle to really solidify the protection for Trevor Lawrence. Meanwhile, this Edge class is unbelievable. I, I personally have 16 in my top 100 right now. And, ja- and it, look, for the Jaguars, it's not even that big of a need. So they're in a right. little bit of, bit of a because pickle you, here. Because you've got Josh Allen, right? You have Caleb on Chase on, who's not been the player that Josh Allen has been, but is a very physically talented player. You've got DeWan Smoot, who you gave a second contract to, is a good pass rusher. I, I get the thought process, and I, I think as this draft builds, one thing that I'm going to be pretty honest about is the field is wide open. And when a field is wide open like this, it typically does turn into drafting for need a little bit more. And I think if we are being honest, the offensive tackle spot is a much bigger need for Jacksonville yeah. than just picking who we perceive to be best player available. The other bit of feedback that we're getting from Jaguars fans about that offensive tackle thing is – the belief that Walker Little could be that left tackle, who they, who they, they picked him fairly high, right? Second round. Well, and I know that that's probably more Urban Meyer driven, but we also know Trent Trent Balky loves to pick injured players, right? Like it's right. like his thing. And what so an odd shtick, by the way. It, it's super weird, man. <laughs> but like, I don't know how you can sit here and say, okay, Walker Little prevents us from drafting Ikemi Kwanu or Evan Neal or Charles Cross, like. That, that shouldn't be the case. We, Walker Little, even the biggest fans of Walker Little have to admit that he's been consistently unavailable and has had a lot of issues throughout his career. You're going to trust that guy to be your blindside protector for Trevor Lawrence? Right. And if you do, then you have to go pay for depth and you have to pay yep. significant amount of money for your third offensive tackle because you're probably going to need him to start a month's worth of games at a minimum next year. Because that's kind of just the law of averages of Walker Little. And if he goes out and he proves to you that he can stay healthy, well, then great. But I think all the great things that made Walker Little a really exciting player out of Stanford, they kind of got watered down a little bit because by the the end of the road at at the college level, you could see physically he was sapped a little bit because of the injuries that he's already had to incur. Kyle, I want to get your take on the Carolina Panthers at six. Brian Perez has them going Charles Cross. Daniel Jeremiah has them picking Sauce Gardner, which that one really made my eyes open because I just 
if you're going to do something with six, it's got to be an offensive lineman or a quarterback in my mind. Even if they don't bring back Dante Jackson or Stephon Gilmore, they still have C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, and uh, A.J. Bouye in that cornerback room with glaring issues on this offensive line. And so, Kyle, where do you where do you uh, sit on this Panthers dilemma at six in terms of do you try to just beef up the offensive line and see if you can make work, make it work work with Sam Darnold or is this a situation where if there's a quarterback you like you got to pull the trigger? Well, I'll say this: um, this entire weekend, uh, for the most part, was pretty sobering, uh, but especially that last game, that Chiefs Bills game was a pretty sobering experience and I know Ross Tucker said this and I'm sure a lot of other people have said this if your team has average or below average quarterback play imagine sitting there watching that game like many of us did and saying wow what a different plane of existence these teams are on because of the caliber of play so I understand Carolina's financially invested in Sam Darnold I understand they've invested a lot of assets into Sam Darnold. I understand you've got questions about the entire quarterback class. So for me, it really comes down to one thing. Carolina, do you have any conviction at all about any of the quarterbacks in this year's class? And if the answer is yes, and you do, you have to take that quarterback. Because you don't, the quarterbacks you have are not going to take you to where we should all be aspiring to be. And I understand that that level of play is very rare but take the bat off your shoulder and keep swinging because I admire the fact that they've been aggressive as they had. I thought the Teddy deal was dumb when they did it, but there, there is a even competent play for Carolina would go a long way. Let me spin it this way, Kyle, which you would probably consider me one of Kenny Pickett's bigger fans, right? I like Kenny Pickett. I like him a lot. As you introduce this idea that you know the caliber of quarterbacks that we're seeing in Kansas City and Buffalo right now and and how that's I mean you either got that or you're you probably don't have much of a chance I I don't think Kenny Pickett's that you know and that's and I've never billed him as that like I I said about what I've said about Kenny Pickett is like if you need a franchise savior do not pick Kenny Pickett but I think he can come in and provide a reasonable level of play that you can be a competitive football team. So is are you signing up for that? And I know that this gets real dicey in terms of like what what quarterbacks you're actually going to pick because you know, we're talking about some unicorn type guys here. But I don't know that Kenny Pickett gives you that caliber of quarterback play where you're all of a sudden going to be a contender every year because you have him even if he reaches the ceiling. Okay. And if that's the, if Carolina comes to that decision, right, and they have their own scope and spectrum that they need to evaluate the player by, then don't take a quarterback and take. I I'd be stunned to take another corner, right? And even if you did take another corner, you have a lot of other infrastructure on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. That that the identity of that group is fairly strong. Your offensive line needs all the help it can get. So if that if you if you aren't enamored with that quarterback, then I'd probably go with the tackle. Brian Perez has the Atlanta Falcons picking George Karloftis, which is a really interesting fit because I don't know that he's necessarily the prototype for what I would expect for a Dean Pease edge player to be. 
Here's the thing about George, though, is he's fairly diverse. He's played in a two. He's played in a three. He's played in tight quarters. He's played more wide-angled. He can win with speed off the edge. He's not a true speed guy. Um, he's somebody who does win with power through his hands and frame. So I think he can come at you in a lot of different ways. And I understand there's body type expectations and so on and so forth, but like, I don't think you got to make him a square peg and only try and put him in square holes. I think he's diverse enough as a talent. If you just need to take good defensive players and you want to build your pass rush, I think Carl Loftus has enough different ways in which he can contribute in the front uh, that he can be a player that can move around a little bit and can give you some value. Shuby, you're happy with the, the offensive line double dip here and Ike Mikwanu at four and Tyler Linderbaum at 10? Sure. Love it. Build the lines. Protect your quarterback. We saw a team lose in the postseason over the weekend because they couldn't protect their franchise quarterback. Protect wasn't the guy. Bengals. Wasn't the Bengals. Wasn't, wasn't the Bengals. Bengals. <laughs> no, it wasn't that team. Oh, no, it was, a, it was a team that you you normally expect to be able to hold up their quarterback. But, no, Tampa's offensive line was one of the reasons why they lost yesterday. Well, and you know, and Trist, I, Tristan Wirf's value as a, a player on that team really shined. Yeah. Because that, that right tackle was out there clinging on to a life preserver like his life depended on it. While hurt, he clearly was not fully healthy. Yes. He was clearly playing on one leg, and that didn't make things any better. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm all for. Listen, I'm in this. We, I'm in this weird spot right now, guys. And since you asked, I will. I will share this thought with you. I'm in this weird spot where there are a lot of players I like, and so not I don't. I'm not. You love. I'm not marrying myself to one specific set of outcomes Ooh. for this team. Shuby did the smart thing early. Oh, it takes a lot of people. A couple of weeks to get there. Well, maybe months, right? Closer to April. You go through all these scenarios, right? You're a week before the draft. You're like, you know what? A lot of different things here that can happen that I'll be satisfied with. Shuby's here in late January. He's He's already at the smart place. Well, because I just have so many needs to fill on my team. It doesn't really matter. You're you're probably going to make me happy with one of your picks. No, Kyle, there are a lot of players I love, by the way. I just won't share them right now. Oh, he's going to sit on them. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, if if you're a team with multiple first round picks, you you have to enter into the draft with. I'm going to explore every scenario of possible combinations of picks, understand what the thought process would be behind them, and then appreciate what path they choose to take when they choose to take one. You have to. It's the only way you're not going to go crazy if you if you marry yourself to we need these two players and that's it. Malik Willis at eleven for Brian Perez to the Washington Football Team. How about CB1, Andrew Booth at 12? Yeah. And Derek Stingley falling to 15. This is that's kind of uh, that's DJ a trend. fall a little bit too. Yeah, I don't know that it's it's Andrew Booth as CB1 is is the trend so much as the Derek Stingley slide, right? He's not necessarily a in terms of mock drafting a consensus top five or even top ten player, and he's not the consensus top cornerback cor- off the board. Yeah, and uh, do you, do you know, um, is it Ben, Benjamin grinding the mocks? Yeah. So somebody had put something out about, I think it was Thor from Roto world had put out like willing to bet Stingley's not a top 12 or top 15 pick or whatever it was. And Ben had responded with that. And it was like the stock chart in mock drafts for LSU defensive backs from the last like four years. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all like top sixteen, top Delpit, sixteen, top sixteen. Williams, hey, yeah. March rolls around. Suddenly, these guys are like 
top 25 and then yeah. <laughs> it's crazy right you, you get to actual middle of april and they're like they've all dive bombed they have all fell, fallen completely off the charts so i know chris is in the process of looking for this right now um because we're watching him do it but he had a really great illustration about like christian fulton and grant delpit and greedy Williams, I'm sure. Greedy Williams, yes. I think he had four total names, and one of them was Derek Stingley's. And it had their plot chart for where they've been mocked, um, like throughout the entire course of the process. And there's a very clear trend with LSU defensive backs. They fall off late, and it's going to be really interesting because this buzz has already started for um Stingley. Chris, any luck at all? Uh, he's he is scrolling. I'll tell you I'm that. I'm working here, boys. I'm working overtime to try to find it. Okay, it's not you, easy. You're God, down to January fourth. I think you've passed it. Well, he's, right, let me let me work here. Yeah, here, this is search, I'm search gonna his go, name in LSU or something like that. I'm gonna go way down the order here while he while he goes to there. Brian Perez has the Cincinnati Bengals a pick twenty nine, going with Jordan Davis, defensive lineman from Georgia, and they have Tyler Shelvin. They have DJ yeah. Reader. And Jordan Davis, what are we doing? You know what this feels like? Brian got a portion of the way through the mock and then realized, oh, shit, Jordan Davis is still out there. I got to get him on here. Reader was a monster. He is. He's been a monster. He's a good player. I just mean on on Saturday. Right. He was a monster. (laughs) Now, I'm all for the brick wall if you want to do that. Um, Chris, this tweet was sent like in the last – four days listen i i'm getting wordle tweets now and omicron charts I'm, I'm in a bad place with twitter guys i'm just yeah, not so maybe, this is maybe, not going well maybe we we abort i just I just know it was something that was shared that's you guys just keep going i'll try to find this thing okay um cool then stop sharing your screen it's distracting <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so yeah i i mean you do play in the nfc north right and that's part of the thought process is you play Pittsburgh's going to run the ball. Cleveland's going to run the ball. Baltimore is a run-heavy offense. So I I get it. And I do think Jordan Davis um, is somebody who will bring value beyond just the running game. I don't think he's super dynamic as a pass rusher. I don't think his ceiling is super high. But um, I thought I was, I was more surprised in where Jordan Davis fell. Ah, Christopher! Coming through in the clutch. That's right. We found another way to found it, but here's your chart. And then this is a visual bit, and on an audio show, it's great. But there you go. Those Pretty are eye-opening some, uh, to see the LSU trends from Mox, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like a, a ski slope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Winter Olympics are starting like next week. That's what I hear. My wife's excited I looked about up, that. I looked up. They got a, a commercial on TV with the Velociraptor from Jurassic Park because they're doing, the, I guess, the, the new Jurassic World movies coming out in the summer, and they did an advertisement bit. And I'm like, snowboarder or sur- or skier on the, the slopes with dinosaurs just doesn't feel right to me. I got to point this out front because this is a consistent pick in both of these mock drafts. Number 32, the Chiefs. Daniel Jeremiah, Brian Perez, they both have them getting Jamison Williams, I hate the it. wide receiver from Alabama. I'll tell you what, we got to hope it. that doesn't happen. Correct. <laughs> somebody needs to, 
go out of their way to make that pick. I'd I'd rather the Bills get them than the Chiefs at this point. Yeah, if you're the Bills, you you got to trade a couple first round picks to get up in front of them, make sure they don't draft them. Man, what in the world? You want to talk about nightmare fuel? Let's add Jamison Williams to that offense. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Jamison Williams. No, absolutely (laughs) not. No way. No way. They won't be stopped. They already can't be stopped, but like now it'd just be real silly. Joe, you're you're uh you got a little love from Brian on your mock, on his mock from the mafia. Did I? Zion. Yeah, I I mean this is such a good pick uh for the Bill Zion Johnson, Boston College guard, but I don't know, man. After that game last night, I might want another edge rusher. <laughs> Another edge rusher. Uh, I think corner should be on the table, right? Right. I, mean, you, I don't we know. We saw Levi do it, try and try and carry Tyreek across the hill or across the field on that that long catch and run there in that frantic two minutes. So yeah. I think definitely. Great. I thought the the speed in the secondary for for Buffalo really popped uh, without Trey White. Yeah. So a couple different options they can go. Be interested to see how the mocks evolve from here oh, but that's going to do it for this point in time for us make sure you visit the draftnetwork.com for brian perez's mock draft and make sure you also check out dj's mock as well dj's one of the best uh so it was fun to see him get in on the action drop a mock as well over the weekend so kyle Krabs, joe marino chris schubert we have a busy week here on the show we got a mock draft ourselves to do we got to start prepping for these all-star events that are coming right around the corner. This time next week, we'll be in full swing for all-star events. So uh, lots of boxes for us to check. We're going to be there. We hope you are too. Thanks as always for listening to the Drafties Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.